inspiring podcast where women like you and me can come together to be inspired, to be empowered, and to be transformed in your mind, body, and soul. Today, I'm super excited because I have an amazing woman with me today who is not only going to give us so much value and so much wisdom, but I personally know um, this woman and she is amazing. Um, She has impacted my life already so much just from the short time that I have known her and I am just so honored to have her on the She Is Inspiring podcast because Yvette White is definitely one of the most inspiring women that I have ever met. Um, She is an established personal trainer, a life and wellness coach, a poet, and a vocalist. Through her many trials and triumphs, Yvette's developed a unique way of touching the souls of many through her writing, as well as a unique and disciplined way of teaching and training others to live a healthier lifestyle. She definitely has touched my soul, so that is very, very true. Um, She has battled an eating disorder, and Yvette has has trained not only to improve her own health, but to also improve her self-image. She took her training to the next level and actually began competing in 2002, becoming one of the area's champion female bodybuilders, gaining priceless confidence in herself and all of her abilities. Yvette is ready for an even greater challenge. She became a well-respected and highly requested certified personal life and wellness coach, founding her own fitness wellness business, body beautiful and adopting a deeply personal philosophy developing the body from the inside out Yvette actually understands the importance of having a strong sense of self working on the internal before trying so hard to change the external Yvette's compassion for her clients and her passion for their success makes her a stern but a caring trainer and coach she truly enjoys assisting others in their accomplishments with their nutritional and fitness goals. She is always looking forward to passing on valuable knowledge and helping others to lead the road to a healthier lifestyle. Yvette's bundled devotion in helping others enables her to be a life and wellness coach to those she trains by imparting the body beautiful health and fitness philosophy, developing the body from the inside out to her clients, stressing the inter- interrogation of fitness, nutrition, and having behavioral changes. She empowers each and every one of us to define and reach our personal goals, both physical and psychological, which, by the way, is so crucial in yes. the fitness industry. So clients not only learn to make a decision, but also to have a desire to show dedication, you know, having the the ability to press forward with determination and accomplish through discipline. Her passion for fitness and training and wellness for for others, it originated from her own personal struggles, which we're going to get into today with weight for many years and her battle with her her eating disorder. Yvette has held a personal training certificate, weight management certificates, and sportsmanship from one of the leading certification programs in the country. So I'm super excited to welcome her to our show. In between training, training people to live a healthier lifestyle, Yvette loves music. Um, she mentors young girls. She facilitates programs for young teens. And she has an amazing way of teaching and sharing others um, through her 
mentorship program, her faith in God, her confidence in herself. And she will on spread the statement that faith is daring the soul to go beyond what the eyes can see and now lives by it. Developing the body from the inside out. And I must tell you, Yvette lives by this. She practices it, she walks it, and it's just so evident in your confidence. And when you are in Yvette's presence, it's just, it's radiant and it's just, it shows. So welcome Yvette to our show. I'm super, super excited to have you and thank you so much for- Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so honored to be a part of this today. So thank you so much for thinking of me and allowing me to share my story and who I am. Yes, I've been wanting to have you on here because I've been following you for quite a while since I started competing in OCP. And when I met you, I was just like, this woman has so much insight and so much wisdom. And, you know, I've learned so much from you. So I definitely wanted to get you on and have you share your own story. And I know you speed so much in this industry and fitness, not only with your own personal clients, your own clients. What it does to us as women, young women, and especially when our mind is so, share a little bit about yourself, your story, and um, yeah, share a little bit about that. Wow, let's see, where do I begin? It's <laughs> a lot. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a time where I was around a, my family a lot, you know, just, just my family. So, I, you know, people talk about how kids can be cruel. That was never something that I dealt with, thank God. I didn't deal with being bullied or um, talked about. I was always around my family. So I grew up almost in a bubble. And then even the friends that I had, we were all like-minded. So I did not face the bullying that is so prevalent today, or the girls that are talked about for their looks or their weight. Um, I was never, I was always short, <laughs> you know, 4'10", but I was never the tiny, petite, little 90 pound girl. Um, but again, I didn't recognize a weight thing or a body image thing um, until I was later teens. But I grew up with a young mother. So my mother was very young when she had me and I learned at an early age that I needed to be perfect, even though it wasn't told to me, but recognizing the struggle that a young mother was having with two young kids for whatever reason and through therapy I started I learned that it was mostly self-inflicted that I needed to take care of my mother I needed to be there for her even as a kid and then that turns into a control thing well how do I control all of this? How do I make this happen? I'm just a kid, but I need to be perfect for her. I need to take some of the stress off of her. I need to, and these things were self-inflicted mostly 
Um, I, you know, like I said, through therapy, you start to realize, well, where did this come from and where, you know, why did you feel that way? Um, and through that, you find that's when the eating disorders and the, the other type of mental disorders start to come in because now you're finding how can I control this? How can I control? So when you can't control one thing, you find a way to control something else. And yeah, so that's, I always tell people eating disorders aren't just about um, losing weight or um, um, what is what people, the one thing I would hear people say, well, why don't you just work out? Well, why don't you just eat less? And it's like, no, it's not a yes thing. It's not just, it is your mind is telling you that you're not good enough, that you can't do it, that you can't. So you find a way, you find things to control. For me, my eating was a way of control. So when everything else around me felt out of control, I'm like, fine. I can control what I put in my body. I can control what my body looks like. I can control. And that became what I focused on. Um, so my body image became an, a problem in that I saw it as a problem when no one else did, but it was a problem to me. And it didn't help when people that didn't understand that it was a mind thing that they would because they could see what I couldn't see so it was confusing to them so the the words that they would use would then feed the animal inside saying I'm not good enough because if they're saying well why don't you look great something you know you just do this you don't have to do then inside I'm I'm hearing you're crazy something's wrong with you you're not good enough you're wrong you're that's what I would hear when they were only trying to reassure me but you often they often don't know the language and so I don't blame the ones that care the ones that love me but they were making things worse so at that point um, it was, it got to a place where it was at my worst, you know, I was, it was, it was really bad. Um, the eating, dogs, but I held, I hit it so well. Um, so when I finally said, you know, enough is enough. And I, um, someone close to me was able to identify that there was a problem. And for initially, I, I lied and said no, but then um, I recognized that I was on a road of self-destruction and I had to do something about it and went back to her almost a year later. But I used, I write. So all, I would just write. I would write because I couldn't, I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't talk, I couldn't, I couldn't find the words. But in my writing, in my poetry, and the, the stuff that I go back to and read now, God, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking, but it, it, 
in a sense saved me because it was my my way of getting it out when I couldn't talk to anyone. Um, and then I started going to the gym and I just worked out. It wasn't anything because um, I was a dancer growing up. So I've, all, I've always enjoyed movement, body movement and in understanding your body. Um, and started working out and people started okay and um so i was like now of course the first time someone said i should compete i was like there's no way that that is an absolute <laughs> no, no way would i ever do that and <laughs> for a year but people were watching me and you never that and that's something even listening to you speak such kind words you never know who's watching you never know the lives that you're touching without saying a word and that's something I learned early on um, and so people would watch me and they would come to me and talk to me and you know and I just was like no 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 so for a whole year I said no and um finally 2001 I just I sat down and got quiet and was writing and I said well what's the worst that could happen what's the worst and then what's the best so that then i said let's do this let's say yes one time <laughs> i thought and um but what it did initially for me uh, competing it actually gave me a different view on food because it it gave me um a regiment to follow so and it also made me think about food in a different way because i always thought of food as my enemy it's like okay you know it's just your enemy it makes you you know fat it makes just things that were unreasonable and having um a regiment for competing it actually allowed me to look at it in a, in a more healthy and positive way. So I enjoyed that, having a routine. Having a routine was really important to me. Uh, and I made a promise to myself. I said, the moment it stops being fun or the moment it looks like it's going to be dangerous, I, I have to stop. I'll stop. I said, I, that was my promise to myself um, because what I didn't want it to do was help me kill myself. And getting into competing, I saw how obsessive some people were. So that made me nervous because then I was around people that that's all they talked about. That That is it. It was nothing else. Their, their vocabulary was um yes well now it's macros and micros but back then it was you know calories in and and calories out and 
oh my gosh, I have to eat within five minutes or I'm going, like it was, it was scary. It got to a point where it was just scary. And it, so one show turned into five years and <laughs> 16 shows later, but, but I loved it while I was doing it because again, it gave me a routine. It gave me a healthier view on food. But then I started to see the other side of it. And the very moment it stopped feeling fun and it stopped feeling healthy, I walked away. I said, I'm, I'm done. But dealing with eating disorders and body image and self-image and all of that, I could see it very quickly in others. And that started to concern me. And so I decided that I would then spend more time coaching people with wellness and, and, and internal um, balance and, and not, so I don't have a problem with competing or people competing. I love it. I'm still in the industry, as you know. But I see a lot of the obsession, and that's what prompted us today, is that, you know, I'll see people post the most beautiful photos, artistic photos of them when they're in stage shape. <laughs> but it's very few people that will say, I'm beautiful this way and this way. And I, my question was, will these same people do this same photo shoot five months from stage or four months from stage or a week from stage, you know, for that matter, <laughs> you know, cause yeah, we can change <laughs> overnight. Um, and so th that question wasn't about it not being, them not being beautiful or them not or sure. disliking the the photos or anything like that. I love them, mm -hmm. but it's very few people. And one of my friends who really prompted the question, she, she does photos year round and she looks amazing in all of them. And so to see her confidence stage or not is so inspiring to me because I'm not there and so that prompted, that's really what prompted the question I don't see but I also never fell in love with my stage look either so I, I'm I'm just you know that's just my struggle and my journey um, but I as a professional spray tanner now I see and I listen to and hear stories of competitors that truly, you know, t leave a mark on my heart because I hear their stories and I worry. Then I hear other stories and I'm inspired. Um, so as a promoter now, you know, so I continue to just how my question is always how do i inspire how do i make a difference 
how do I leave my mark? Um, because I'm growing with you all. I haven't arrived in, in the confidence that people see sometimes is being drawn off of you. So the love that you show me, don't make me cry. <laughs> um, but the, the love that I get from those like yourself and others, I draw from that. So the confidence that you see in me is the, the spirit that I get from you all. So that allows that confidence to come through because I don't always feel that confidence. I don't always feel that, um, you know, strength. But I also draw from the knowing that others watch me. It doesn't make me nervous. It makes me, it inspires me. So knowing that just that one word or that one hug or that one um, post that can make a difference in one person drives me, inspires me. And then I glean from the love that you all share with me. And so it, it, it's cyclical where, you know, we're giving back to one another. I know that it's not just me. I am the woman that I am because of the woman, the women that pour into me. So that is my story um, in a nutshell. <laughs> no, you've touched on so much and I am just, I'm receiving it, taking it all in and I mean, I love the fact that you are so vulnerable and you share and you touch on things that we don't often talk about, especially, you know, as competitors, being a competitor myself and really getting to the true heart of, of competing and even just body image. You know, when you had posted your question, how many women are willing to post to, to share their off season or their bodies not in competition shape? And then you posted a picture of a beautiful woman who yes. just embraced her body and she was not shredded. She was not, you know, what the, the world or what, you know, fitness competitors would look at that and say, oh, you know, she's fit. But she had this confidence about herself. Um, she embraced her body beautifully and she was healthy. Yeah. And that's something that we don't we don't talk about in this industry because there it changes us. And like you said, we we have some part of our life that's out of control. So then we try to control it with this. And how yeah. you were saying you did that, you know, growing up, like you didn't have control over situations. And so you knew you had control over what you put in your mouth and how you made your body look or, you know, and doing calories in calories out and I think that's how it is for a lot of fitness competitors where we're like whatever may be going on in our world is out of control but this is the one area where we feel like we can be in control of how many yeah. grams how many macros and you know um I can at least control my physique and the way that it looks 
but then it's yep. still all a facade at the end of the day because yeah. you step yes. on a stage and it's still you know you you're you're not up to the standard that somebody else has set for you and it isn't until you be truly like you were saying you come to that place of self-love and knowing that other people are watching and i've watched you like your your countenance and just it's just this quiet confidence that's just there even in the midst of crazy situations i mean at the <laughs> show there were some some women that were like woo yeah. <laughs> and i was just like i cannot deal with this like you bet i can't deal with this and i'm just like standing there ready to rip some new ones and you were just so, so gracious in all of your you know um encounters with people and i was just like standing there like i want that kind of confidence to be able to just love myself enough to even be able to rise above those types of situations when people are you know um mistreating us or treating us ugly and those types of things so that i mean i i've admired that about you and seeing that and i love how you said it you bounce off that confidence from other people Yeah, it has taught you really to just you are just like the mirror for other people like hey you know like let me you reflect to you that beauty goes deeper than just this yeah so i i've always admired that and really appreciate that about you what are some things that you um would say to somebody who is competing or about to compete and they're embarking on this lifestyle now you already gone through it being experienced seen you know maybe the dangers of it and there's people who want to enter into this world you know the competing the fitness for all of that like what advice do you have going in i know i've had some clients even in my own where they want to compete and i'm like well be careful it could possibly change you i don't like yeah. what 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 advice do you have for somebody who wants to do this but how can they do it in a healthy mindset what would you suggest well, well there's two things to the fitness world though there's the real world and then there's competition so people tend to blur those lines and think that that's the true. competition there's only one it's a very small community of competitors 1% of people actually compete so we're we're in such a bubble that it looks like it's a lot of people and it's not so that's why i tell my friends your posts of just incessant competition stuff isn't healthy your your bigger audience is intimidated by it so like someone had responded saying well you know you, when you're a coach your um your clients want to see these photos which is true um as a trainer i always wore sweats and my clients would <laughs> would you know be like why are you always in sweats we want to see your physique and it wasn't about me and i was like i don't like to be you know i just i was comfortable in sweat but i know clients do want to see that but there's a balance to it because most clients don't want to compete they just want to be healthy so then it can be 
intimidating because now they can't measure up to you. I'll never look like you. So, and not not just like you, but I'm saying in the competition world. And so I have to remind them that that's not my real world. My real world is being healthy. So whatever healthy feels like and looks like is individual. And so the first thing that I tell people about competing is that can't become your world because it's not real but it becomes some people's reality it becomes some people's obsession and it's a small bubble it's a small community of who's really in it but your biggest group of people is outside of it and then you can a lot of I've seen it a lot of people have had to walk away because they just no longer measure up to this person that's competing because it's all they talk about it's all they it's they breathe it (laughs) and that's not healthy because again you are risking there are some of the on the outside looking in there are some of the tightest, most defined, most buff people I know that are the most unhealthy. And I'm talking about mentally and physically. So just because you're eating broccoli, asparagus, fish and chicken or vegan and all of that all the time doesn't make you healthy. Because if you can't separate the two, then you're emotionally and mentally unhealthy. So I go back to being healthy inside out. There are thin, fat people. Just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. So all of these things, I tell, and the, first, the other thing I tell people, I ask them to ask themselves, why are you competing? Know why you're competing. Because if you don't know, the sport will answer for you. Because once you get in it and you don't have a clear, this is why before I stepped on stage, I said to myself, I made a promise, when it stops being fun and healthy to your livelihood, to your mental and physical state, I will stop. And I did. I remember the the very last show. I remember everything. And I walked away from that stage and never looked back because I had made myself that promise and I knew why I was going into it. So so I had I had reasonable uh, I had a reasonable reason why I was doing it. And the sport didn't control me most that I see are controlled by the sport they aren't in control of themselves and their actions they are walking talking breathing the sport but what is the sport giving back to your life ultimately other than a chiseled you know some abs and the, but a healthy Someone that's healthy, that works out on a regular, that works out, that's not driven. And I know people that 
oh my gosh, I didn't work out yesterday. Uh, you know, something's wrong with me. That's not healthy. It's okay to say, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not skip, you know, I, I'd rather try to work out a certain time, but I'm, I'm talking about obsession. So there is a difference. And that's what I would tell people. And then if you get in and you find that you're having trouble separating reality, stop. You have to stop because it's only going to take you down a dangerous road. And, and I'm not saying that people that aren't, because again, real life, is what your body looks like when you eat in a normal manner. Now, if your normal is vegan, if your normal is fish only, if you're no- so I'm not talking about what I'm not changing someone's normal. Right. I'm talking about if you're whatever you looks like, whatever you look like nor on in normal workout in normal you're not in the gym for five hours because you have to be for stage that's the difference that i want people to be able to identify and be healthy because people are killing themselves and we're not talking about that either the first thing we do is we post rest in peace oh gosh oh my gosh no there are women that should not be dead because they were competing. They're dead because they chose to do things to their body for a hobby. And that's the reality. That's not being crass. That's not being, that is the reality. I knew that if I continued on, I knew that I was risking my life. I knew I was and that and I didn't want to do that to my family and friends. It wasn't worth it for me for a trophy. It just wasn't. But being healthy, looking nice in my clothes, understanding what I can eat and how much of it I can eat and still carry a healthy weight on my 410 frame that was more that's the most important thing to me that's, that's what reality. Healthy, yes that's reality yes i think i mean you hit everything that i know from even for myself as a competitor what i'm what we're faced with of blurring the lines as you say we blur the line of like competition body and real life body and we we just kind of blend it in together and we, you know, freak out. Oh, man, like I don't have that body anymore. And so we begin to try to attain that again when we're not in competition. And even though we may mentally know that, it's still, um, we don't really accept the reality of it. Like, mm-hmm. the reality is, it is like, if we truly do break down, that, that is a hobby, that's not real life. Mm-hmm. This is real life, day in and day out, what we eat, you know, our family, our friends, this, yes. yes, being healthy in the gym is so we can prolong our life, but what is the point of going to the gym and eating all the stuff we eat if we're not mentally healthy? I can't tell you yes. how many meals that I've eaten 
even not in competition mode where I've eaten meals and I'm I am like mentally unhealthy about that meal. And I'm yeah. like, and my, I mean, my own kids, you know, my 10 year old's like, mom, if you don't like it so much, why are you eating it? You don't yeah. have to eat that right now. And then it was that reality check for me. And I'm like, you know what? You are right. Why am I eating tilapia right now? I don't have to eat this. Like I'm not exactly. in competition. And why am I trying to blur the lines between the two and not face you know reality that this is my life you guys here eating normal daily you know just normal life um so i i appreciate the fact that you just said it and you just told it you know just lump faced reality like don't blur the line um so i had posted a thing on my own facebook and i had asked oh it was because the whole body positivity movement women out in new york city were you know, um, I'm not sure if you read that article, but I posted it where women were embracing their bodies, the shapes that they were in. Some were very thin, some were quite larger. They were wearing, you know, whatever it is that they felt like they were wanting to wear it and because they were loving themselves and loving their image. And so they were just kind of walking, had their own runway that they were doing this in. So I posted that and asked people's thoughts on it, got some feedback. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, they're so unhealthy and they're this 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 they're obese and they were focusing more on the outward appearance as opposed to these women who were actually saying that they loved themselves Mm -hmm. enough to be able to walk out in whatever clothing that they wanted and this particular show was just a mini little fashion show that they were Mm -hmm. doing so then i asked another question do you need to be healthy outwardly before you can fully love yourself inwardly like um and so I got a lot of interesting responses, which some of them were like, you know, um, the, the what my conclusion was, was people were saying, if you're fat, if you're overweight, um, then you're not, you shouldn't love yourself. You shouldn't, that's pretty much what people were saying. So I appreciate that you're saying it comes from the inward out. So my thing to you is, do you find that a lot of times clients, people, women, all of that, if we tend to try to control the outward before the inward how can we begin to do that inward work in ourselves um like where do we even begin with that you have to shut out the outside noise the outside noise is what's controlling your outside appearance because especially from the stage especially in our community no especially in the 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 fitness community because my community is in real is in the real world but in the fitness community people tend to believe that if because that's the first thing people see off stage so because people have have found their identity in their on stage look they think they're less than if anyone sees them outside of that look So they now identify themselves by their stage look. So you have to then shut that noise out and not be concerned about, oh my gosh, did you see her? She done put on 15 pounds. She done put on 20 pounds from that (laughs) stage. Well, you were 20 pounds before the stage and everyone thought you looked great. Mm -hmm. Or Or even you thought you looked fine. Not you, you, but you know, just in general. Everyone thinks that they look, I know that when I did the competition the first time, I did, 
it was a blessing in that I was able to see what my body was capable of being on a routine. So that was, that was, I learned that and I know what my body is capable of um, in a healthy manner, like what it should feel like in a healthy manner. What, what your healthy is, you have to shut out all of the noise and all of the looks and all of, because as long as you're listening to, because that's what people see first. So that's what you're drawing from is your, so this is why you're not going to get to the internal part first, because you're, you desire to have that external, um, gratification or validation is you want people to you know say something about what you look like on the outside when most of the people are dying on the inside wow very true and they all are i listen to i it takes very i am a spirit person um i'm an energy person so you can look beautiful all you want but I can feel your energy I can feel the spirit that's coming from within and that is why I'm so passionate about um, developing the body inside out because I know that people can hear me and see me without me saying a word you're a prime example I didn't, you know, I haven't spent a lot of one-on-one time with you, but to hear some of the things you've said to me came clearly from just my spirit and energy. Mm-hmm. And so as a professional spray tanner now, and people are at their most vulnerable, just nude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> What else do we talk about? Um, but I hear the stories mm-hmm. and I I leave, some people leave me grieved because I find, I see that their identity is in what they look like. And I know what that feels like and not to the degree of competition, but not being, having battle eating disorders I can't see myself the way people see me so that's a challenge so I would I tell people I wish I can see what people see I really do I wish that every time I think about eating there isn't a mental battle I I admire when I see people just enjoying a meal and not thinking about the calorie or the you know the macro the or the macro. oh my gosh yeah I, I I love being around people that can do because I can't and not because I don't want to it's because of the disorder and I tell people all the time you know embrace enjoying your food that way or your you know your life that way because it's not an easy that's a mental block it's a mental thing and and fighting to get past it 
is a daily, not even just daily, sometimes hourly. There are times, you know, from one hour to the next, there's a constant battle in my head about food, about what I look like. So learning how I felt, how I feel when I'm healthy, that's what I had to, so I had to really, really get in touch with my body and what it felt like to be healthy because I couldn't go by the look. And so that's a piece of advice. What makes you feel comfortable and healthy and at peace outside of that look from the stage? Because the look from the stage is not reality. That's an altered state. An altered state that you cannot maintain without almost hurting yourself because it's not it's not designed to be that way and we're losing way too many people for a hobby children are losing parents over a hobby that grieves me especially battling what I battle and knowing that each time I purged, each time I was risking my life, each time I skipped a meal, I was risking my life. And th that battle continues in my head. So I have to consistently and consciously speak to myself internally on a daily basis. And I would tell people, reach out. If you find that your lines are blurred, I used to, whenever people would give me um, a compliment on my looks or things like that, I would, I would say something negative or something like, oh my gosh, what are you looking at or whatever, you know? And then someone said to me, you need to take it in, receive it and take it in because that's part of your healing. So because I can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So when I get such positive feedback from yourself and from others that care about me, I take it in. I absorb it. I receive it so that in my spirit, I can begin to say, yes, I am beautiful. Yes, I look good today. Yes, I feel great today. So it's also about allowing those that care about you to speak into you. Wow. <laughs> I am like just here, like taking it all in because you, I mean, it's as if you're just reading right into me, even in my own journey of all of it and I mean you you said people are losing their lives for for the hobby um physically mentally emotionally um people are not even realizing or recognizing who they are anymore like you said they don't even know who they are anymore it's just become I'm 
my identity is now a competitor. My identity is being shredded. My identity is being lean, being lean, being shredded, being lean, being shredded. And then you develop this disorder uh, with food where I got to count every calorie. I got to count every macro. And I mean, I could even tell you now, I even now still do that. And I'm like, okay, what did I, what did I eat? How many, how many ounces of that? What was that? And I'm with my fitness pal putting everything in and, um, and then, you know, like, likewise, what you just said really just even hit home for me. And I think it would hit home for a lot of us women is we need to start to really put everything away. Like put away the calculators, put away the macro scales for a little bit, just to really know what being healthy feels like. Cause yeah. I don't think we even know, like for us, healthy is let me get a scale out. Let me weigh yes. every single food. Yeah. Let me put my fitness pal up. Let me, let me calculate yes. my calories and my macros where we don't even know how to just go out to a restaurant and just eat. Instead yes. it's like, okay, well, what's on here and how many calories is that? And oh my gosh, I just ate so much. And you know, and then we're trying to counteract it with now I gotta go run this much or do this much and do this. And we start to abuse ourselves with a good meal that we just ate rather than just taking that in and enjoying it. We're now beating ourselves exactly. up. Yes. So I think you gave us so much insight and wisdom on how to be able to just mentally be healthy not only practical ways of like just do what feels healthy mm-hmm. and i don't think that we do that especially as competitors we don't know how to just feel healthy like right. what does it feel like just to yes. eat a meal and enjoy the meal and feel healthy um so you gave us that tangible advice and then one of the biggest things i think that all of us can take away from today is when you said we need to Shut out all the noise. Yep. Shut yes. the noise. And I know that that's something really big um, that just stuck with me right now is just shut out all the noise and just do what is healthy for me. And so I think um, a lot of us women are going to be able to appreciate that and take that away from today so much. So much take away from today that you just like laid it all on. Listen, <laughs> so so your friends. Yes, because your friends and family that care the most aren't on the stage. They're not on the stage. These are people that we see at a show and then our real life is outside that venue. And they love us and thought we looked great with the extra 10, 15 pounds that, you know, so we forget they are our they are our reality and again let me let me make this clear i'm not saying that you shouldn't there shouldn't you shouldn't compete or you or or you shouldn't strive to look a certain way that's healthy for you i'm say, i'm talking about the obsession that most have and when mm-hmm. I say most, I'm I'm talking about people I know, because yeah. if if your only language is stage, if your only language is a macro, if your own, and again, there's a balance in everything. So sure. I know people 
for, you know, to stay healthy or to keep their healthy weight, they have to track those things. Mm -hmm. I'm not that that's not who I'm talking about here. And if you're honest with yourself, when we're honest with ourselves, we know exactly who we're talking about. So if you know this isn't you, if you know that you track your macros because, hey, I know that I can get off. I know that like, so this is, but this keeps me healthy. That's then we're not talking about you. Right. But yeah. if you're, if your obsession, if you cannot go one sentence without a, you know, talking about the stage or the look or the food or the, that's a problem because that's not real life. And it's not what your family and friends do on a regular so we then take this from the stage and our fa- we we alienate our family and friends because it's all we it's all we've become mm-hmm. and they can't it's have a conversation when it started to just consume us and now it's like i eat the stage i breathe the stage i live the stage and it's become this that's it that's that's all you do and then or all you think about and it's that next and I'm, you know, it's almost just you're just like chasing the wind. Going yes. after, you're just like, okay, just that next, that next, and you're just chasing after something that you know, like you said, virtually non-existent. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate you, Yvette, coming on the show today and just sharing with us women, your insight, your wisdom, your story, and, um, all of that if anybody wants to reach out to you and get in touch with you how do they do that what ways um they can reach out well i'm i'm on um instagram under beautiful bronzing and um then my email address is beautifulbronzing at gmail.com and just I'm grateful that you are honored to be a part of this. I really am. And I'm really grateful that you asked me because this, it really is about us helping each other. Yeah. And again, I'm talking about just living a healthier, longer life for our family, our friends, our kids. So how do we do that? And then how do we, um, exalt one another versus tearing each other down because right. I don't look like what you think I should look like so then my look is wrong to you and we have to get away from that we have to get away from you know shaming one another because shame, you don't yes. think I look you know so and that's where the noise comes in so I'm so grateful that you allowed me to share on this platform with you it's a blessing i'm truly honored and if my story and my journey helps one then my purpose is served but thank you it has helped more than me. one i can tell you it's touched me so much already so i am i know that it's going to change so many other women's lives because even just the value that you have set even just now i mean for our audience like all of this is just live and raw so like i'm listening to you for the first time right now and i'm just like oh like 
I need to drown out the noise. I need to shut out the noise because it's so easy even for my own self just to listen to noise. Like, oh, I got to measure up. Oh, I got to like stay this way and this way as opposed to no, I need to do what is healthy for me. Yeah. And if putting on 10 pounds is healthy for me, then that's fine. If I feel good and I like the way that I'm feeling, then that's all that matters, regardless of whether or not my look is not up to your standard or stage standard at the moment. That's yeah. at the end of the day, that's, and it's learning that, and that's, I haven't arrived even in my own life yet, but it's these small steps in listening to women like you who have gone through it and who can share and to shed some light. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have had this when I first started competing. And that's what I want other women who are entering in this lifestyle to have this and to hear and say, you know what, here, we want to give to you that empowerment so that you can um, avoid the mistakes that we have made. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, so thank you, Yvette. I appreciate you so much, beautiful lady. I appreciate um, you, sweetie. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us today. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify at She Is Inspiring, as well as Apple, She Is Inspiring. If you guys want to get in touch with Yvette White, you can reach her at Beautiful Bronzing on Instagram, as well at beautifulbronzing at gmail.com and on our Facebook. So thank you, Yvette, and yeah. we will talk soon. I love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.